you know, like if you're not like Russell when he goes on stage, he has to put on a persona. Okay. Now ready to film, doesn't it? Exactly. He's got to put it on. Yeah. Makes me think of that. Have you ever seen that meme of there was like a teacher? A teacher. He teaches elementary school or something. But he's just walking. He's like really tired. You can tell he's super tired. And then he goes just before the door, and he just ties it up. He's like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he walks in. He's like, hey, and like, but it's like, puts on a brave face for everybody. Everybody, right? Yeah, interesting. That's just heartbreaking. Yeah, because you see, just to feed, just like, yeah. Okay, I think that's the struggle that a lot of men go through, right? Like we have to put on this brave face because a lot of us are, a lot of us are just trying to figure out life. Sure. Right. And a lot of us are just trying to better understand how do we like how do we navigate today's society as men? We struggle because we're trying to figure everything out on the on the go and we've got generations of stigma and taboo that we've been trying to deal with for so long and trying to understand, you know, where to go from that and that sort of like anytime we've had the conversation with men to say to them, listen, this is what we're trying to do with Jen's talk and Jen's post and try to explain to them. We just want to help men become better men. It immediately resonates. And we have men already reaching out to us to say, you know, we appreciate you for sharing this because they won't like, they won't comment. They won't openly share it, but they'll privately reach out and say, I needed to hear that. Which is is exactly who we want to target, who we want to help, who we want to sort of just, Give insight to safe space. Safe space, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, can I just ask that this gets a little closer to your mouth there? Absolutely. Fan, if you don't mind. Yeah. Perfect. Say cool. something for me. Hello, hello. Perfect. Hello, like butter hello. in my ears. Hello, <laughs> hello. I've never had this. This is cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's once you take it off after we're done, you're just you're gonna feel a little weird. That's, I, that's I, why I had mine on earlier because it takes for me it takes a second to get used to having it on, so I just keep it on for a bit, then I forget about it. You just like listen to it. I don't know. The yeah. decibels in my voice just start going lower, and I'm like, yo, let me hello, try to like, change my voice. <laughs> like, or like, let me try to drop. Let me tell you all a story. Quick. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for showing me that. I know. Hello, how you guys doing? <laughs> So, uh, Wallace Wong, how are you, man? I'm amazing. How are you guys? Uh, we're great. Good, we're good. great. Thank you for coming. You're we're welcome. here from the Startwell Studio in Toronto, um, which is always a beautiful studio. And the reaction you had of how cool the studio is when you came in it is just 100%, 10 for 10, always. It's, it's super professional here. Yeah. And it's like, I've never been in a studio like this. So to see, you know, even just like the microphones, the headphones and the lighting and you're like, oh, we've got the guy in the back in the booth taking care of all this stuff. Like this is like <laughs> proper, proper, proper respect. Okay, good. And that guy in the booth is Poncho, of course, the magician. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, so this episode, of course, is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Belova and the fits by God style. So we appreciate them for that. Um, well, so I'm just going to turn it over to you, man. Tell me who you are. You were born and now you're here. What happened in between? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you, how much long? How much time do we have? That's the question. <laughs> Take your time. But um, well, I'm born and raised in Mississauga, so um, I was born in a Hong Kong Cantonese family. My parents came from Hong Kong. They immigrated over here, and um, my my life is really about a couple things. It's about food. It's about family, health, and fitness, and a sort of kind of lifestyle in life. Um, to getting into all of those things, I guess it's like where people see me today as uh, a content creator, as a professional chef, um, as an entrepreneur, but also as um, 
I think, and it's nice to even say this, is that someone that someone people just relate to. Um, I personally see myself as just an average guy, um, just trying to chase the dream. So essentially there. What's the dream? It's such a funny thing. I spoke with someone, uh, a, f- a partner of mine in one of my uh, projects that I'm working on. We talked about like, what's your life goal and things. And I was like, it's not like a car. It's not any of like that. But like the dream, long, long, like meta dream was like, I'd love to be able to like look down like when I'm gone off off the world and sort of just look down on like the day that I'm like my my whatever celebration of life and see people that I've never met before. Or hopefully there's people who are, are first off <laughs> and like you know hopefully there's people there but like there's people there that I've never seen before. Yeah. And then I kind of get to hear all these conversations that go on and I'd love to be able to have someone be like, oh, like, wh- why are you here? Like, how do you know Wallace or whatever? And someone's be like, oh, um, I actually never knew, I don't know him, but my grandfather always talked to me about him and told me how, like, uh, he worked with him or he did this or he saw some of these things. And and so I came here because he made such a big impact on my grandfather. And that's why we're here. Or, like, stories and conversations like that. So it's very, like, like it got kind of real deep real quick. But it was more, <laughs> I think... For me, that goal of hopefully when I leave here, I leave an impact on on this earth. Um, and that kind of ties back to when you asked me the question of who I am. Um, one of the things that I am is a cancer survivor. So okay. um, I had cancer when, in my last year of high school. And that was such a life-changing experience. Um, I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't go through that. Um, it's changed everything about who I am, how I see life, what I what I pursue, what I don't pursue, the things that I care about, um, mental health, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's the best thing that's happened to me. It's the most weirdest thing for someone to say or hear, right? Where it'd be like cancer was the best thing that happened to me. Um, but it is. It was very, very true. Um, yeah. What, did, what was the biggest takeaway from that? What did you learn from that? It was funny because when I had cancer, it was about that time that Drake dropped YOLO. Like the word YOLO was was going on. So yeah. that's actually the biggest thing I learned about, which was like you only live once. It's funny when you're like 17 and you and like you're there and you're just get a phone call and suddenly you're like, oh, you got cancer. You don't know anything. You start Googling, right? Like it's when how long do I have to live? Like yeah. you don't know anything. That's the worst thing, right? Every person's like if your you brain's live, already not matured you yet. Don't either, know so. anything. Don't Google. That's well, the worst you, thing. Like, right. Like, yeah, anything. Try to go into try to search any symptoms or anything. You're going to. You know, it's you get paranoid. You know, like cough. You have a cough. You should. Oh, I'm dying. Oh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So like, I I learned real quick. I was like, I got scared because I was like, I didn't know if I was gonna die or not. And I remember I was I was like I was I was like God, like this can't be it. Like I promise, like you know, just let me let me come back. I'll make sure I'm I'll like live life to the fullest. Like that's what I learned. I learned that I didn't do anything at that time. I mean, I was 17. For God forbid, we're teenagers. You know, you do your thing. You go play video games, basketball, just chill. But then I was like, I didn't do much, right? I didn't do much, but at the same time, I thought I was like, hey, maybe this was like the sign. I was like, hey, you got to do something with your life, so that, or else I'll take it away from you. So the biggest thing I learned was you only live once, and that means don't take any opportunities. I mean, don't not 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 don't waste the opportunity, but take all opportunities that come, or that you have a chance to do it. But and that also means like career. It also means relationships, family. Um, that's the biggest one. So it's a big reason also why maybe I'm like so busy <laughs> now. <laughs> like, and, and I'm very blessed to be busy, um, but I'm learning to balance all those things. But that's a big reason. It's like I don't like missing out on a potential opportunity because I know what it feels like to not have any 
or not knowing if you have any. So yeah. Interesting. That's a very interesting perspective. That's to think about that after you you know at such a young age immediately makes you wiser than your years like you must have felt like you were ahead of your peers in terms of where your head was at funny enough um i talk to my friends about it all the time and they we always laugh about it but i always felt behind okay and i kind of still do um the reason is so i'm a chef by trade i'm a chef by trade but i also i went to business school i went to business school i went for i went to laurier um, I did my business degree, and then my second year, I decided to do culinary school at the same time because I was missing cooking. So I, I started my second year of business, and then my first year of culinary, and then I graduated with both. So I did a university and a college degree at the same time. And then when I graduated, all my friends went to, you know, the big four, the corporate companies, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting a bag, they're, you know, within that year. But I didn't work in f- business, right? I ended up opening up a restaurant. I op- I helped open up the Momofuku down in in in, in this town. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met David Chang when I worked wow. over in Noma. Good for you. I uh, was there for the first time like a month ago. Oh, food was good. <laughs> food was always good. Hans, I've heard that it was really always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A buddy of mine took me there, and then I went there, and I was just like, oh yeah, I see what the hype is about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going back to that, like I cooked majority of my life, like my my early teens and majority of my twenties, I cooked. So what that means is I didn't have nights off. I didn't have holidays telling me to go get turned up on Friday, Saturday. That wasn't a thing. You were you hustling. Know? Yeah. Ho- um, holidays. That Everybody's holidays is our time to get a bag. It's our time to make money. Yep. Um, so I missed a lot of things. While a lot of, And also, we don't get paid often. We don't get paid much as a chef. Um, we get paid pennies. We get paid very little. Even now, it's a little better. But comparatively to what the rest of the world provides it's not for the amount of work and time you put in exactly right and the hours and all that kind of stuff so while i was cooking everybody got to go out they got to party um you know they were making making nice nice money and you know got their houses their cars whatever it is and then when i eventually left the culinary world so i haven't cooked in restaurants in like several years and the reason was just because going back to the whole cancer thing in yolo is like there's a lot of things in life that i wanted to do that i've never done cooking and being a chef it just doesn't allow for that. Very simple. It's not even about like going vacations or being able to go party or anything. But it's more of like I want to take my kid out on a Thursday night to go out for a nice dinner or watch a movie. Or I want to go to a, f- uh, a family 80th birthday or something like that. When you work at sometimes really great restaurants, the team is very small. They're small because, you know, you're the A team. Like you do your thing. Vacations are very hard to get. Mm. And you also, because you put so much time and effort into your job, you don't want to leave that and leave the rest of your crew and your team behind because that means if you leave, everybody else has to pick up your slack. Yeah. Right? So I always felt behind because I saw everybody else kind of living through life, you know, getting married, all these things. And me, I never had a salary until I was, in, until 2017. So I've, I I made minimum wage my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like hour by hour, pay pe- paycheck by paycheck kind of thing. Um, and that's sort of how it came. So a lot of times when people see me now sort of as um, Six Pack Chef, which is my brand, and then doing content and some of the, the business endeavors I do, they might think that I'm I'm caking it. I'm just starting my journey, yeah. mm. which is the funny thing, right? And especially if for anybody like starting this podcast or anything like that, money goes back into the business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come to your, it doesn't, if you're trying to build something long term. Um, so that's why I always feel behind. Because 
the people around me at this time in their lives are at this certain state, a certain yeah. like spot, right? They've got kids, dogs, they're doing well, you know, they're they're certain execs or senior levels in companies, and then I'm kind of there. So it's not that I feel I'm like comparing, but I do compare. We talked about this kind of before the podcast with like there's a lot of things that have to do with like mental health and and sort of being a content creator and sort of sometimes in people's eyes and just overall as as a as a guy sometimes there's things that you have to sort of have the stigma of being what is that in your opinion well a lot of it you've got your typical i think everybody when thinks a guy is like you know the breadwinner the guy that's um kind of macho very very masculine um kind of rough on the edges you kind of mentioned things about no no emotions and and all that so that's kind of what i think you still no matter what is kind of what everybody thinks of as a man mm -hmm. you know when you think of talk to a girl and the girl's like oh like i like a manly man like what's a manly man you what know? does that even mean today exactly anymore? what's, what's yeah. a manly man but that's yeah. all changed today um but i think the biggest stigma though is talking and i love that you we we get to talk about this now more in society is that guys are opening up more guys are opening up and that what what makes a guy a guy has now spread to be such a variety of things like all three of us here are, and i don't care for poncho he's in poncho the, uh, yeah. <laughs> four four of us right <laughs> four dudes here we're all a different type of dude mm -hmm. right and i think that's really cool and i don't think anybody now would be like no that's not a, you're not a dude or like you're not a dude mm -hmm. right um so yeah so okay let's let's go back a moment here after you you got cancer how long was that journey so the whole cancer thing happened where it was senior of high school september mm -hmm. i i somehow developed this like kind of like cyst kind of like ball thing on my eye i went to the the eye doctor eye doctor like oh it's just a very average cyst um something that's very done all the time it's very common we just do a procedure to take it out and that's it so obviously Ontario, we wait, right? We wait for surgeries. So September, my surgery was for uh, December, for end of December. So from September to December, it started growing and and like changing, like my face started morphing over the four months. Um, I always think about. I think it's called the movie is Treasure Island, where oh. you know like the one where the, there's like the the mom and then the two sons and one of the sons like there's like I think it's Treasure Island if I'm not mistaken, um and one of the guy one of the older sons is like kind of like a deformed kind of ogre monster kind of guy I look like that like I, my face was like this and like it was red and like always it was like kind of it wasn't the best look at all and then when you think about the senior year in high school in high school too like, yeah mm -mm, this no. was not cool um it sucked but so I remember even a, a teacher pulled me out of class one day and he's like hey Wallace like I just need to know like what's happening with your eye for the safety of like the students and myself and everybody like everything's okay i'm like yeah it's all good it's just a it's just a cyst like i've got the procedure we're all good that's all set um so anyways did the surgery and then what happened was I, it was like january 2nd like literally january 2nd january 1st new year and a uh, phone call comes over i pick it up my mom picks it up and all you hear is oh hey uh, happy holiday this is doctor blah, blah blah my mom speaks first so i'm i'm just like kind of chilling on the phone and He's like, yeah, I just wanted to give you a quick update. So I did the surgery on Wallace. We found this little lump. We did a biopsy. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that it came back as cancer. And that's all I remember. And then my mom, uh, I remember she just started to kind of break it down and getting very emotional. And then I kind of just like quietly dropped the phone down. And then across from me was my grandparents um, at the time. 
and they go they're like hey like what's up and i was just like oh nothing i am it's like it was just the doctor um i was like and they're like everything's okay and i'm like everything's great and then i gave him a hug and then i went upstairs and my mom's obviously super like emotional she's kind of like she's crying i just gave her a hug and i'm like everything's gonna be okay um going back to what we first talked about you're like who am i family is a big part of who i am um i live with my whole family so i grew up always with like my aunts and my uncles my brothers so i had like people around me all the time so i had like eight people living with me and that day as people came home everybody knew mm-hmm. right and then everybody kind of either played it off or not and then every single person that came back i was just like it's okay it'll be fine and that w- that was kind of it so that was like the cancer journey and then from there um i did the little searching thing that was not cool um and then it became six months of full-on chemotherapy and radiation so i did a full six-month blast um i did spinal cord chemo um i did uh what's spinal cord chemo it's it's a little gr- it's not fun okay it's not fun you go into fetal position and then they take like a, a needle a massive needle go in between your your spine mm-hmm. and grab your bone marrow Jeez. and then they find that hole again and they throw the chemo the medicine into that and it's it's like a super hard procedure because if you think about it your spine has so many nerves yeah every time they hit something your whole body like shimmies and shakes and you're in like the the fetal fetal position position. and like if you they find the hole once they have to get that same hole so if they miss that hole again they need to find it again and the only way to find it is to find it and then so how did you how did you mentally uh, i don't want to say the word survive but like how did you through that mentally i think i think survives a great word i think survives a great word because i said cancer was the best thing that's ever happened to me the only thing i would take away from it like if it was to happen again knock on wood the only thing i would take away from it is like the worst part about having cancer was yes the chemotherapy sucked the radiation sucked everything that's effects about sucks but nothing is worse than seeing the people around you cry be upset and sad because of your existence yeah, yeah the more upset more upset f- than you are at the time and makes makes you feel even worse so for me my you know when like your like survival mode like there's do or not my survival mode was it it, it was so hard for me to see people that i know be sad when they see me so i was like i have to get better because i need them to feel better that was the big thing and that was really what pushed pushed me through because I also, I think maybe I get it from my grandparents or something, but I also don't like uh, relying on people or like having to like, or pity or anything like that. So I'll do, I'll try to do everything myself. Um, and yeah, so like to have people want to help me, which is a blessing, right? But to like people like doing all these things and getting them into uh, having to like go here to grab this or I had to go every day downtown to get, um, to get treatment so like my dad for instance and my family had to figure out what to do with work right yeah like working from home was not a thing and like obviously with my with my family we're not it's not like a office work or anything like yeah. that right so time off is not a, time a leisure thing no yeah. no and that was like just before kind of the recession like the tw- 2008 recession yeah so like it was not a fun time it was not a fun time and i n- also because i have um anemia and thalassemia that i have really low blood so with chemo, it knocked my blood counts even more. So I had to get this like special um, medicine to up my blood count. But that's not covered. No, that's not covered. That's so that was expensive. So those too, are ex- expenses, and so all those things, for me, yeah, they're all like they suck, right? They're horrible.
but it's even worse when like your family is thinking about it and trying to figure out how to fix this so that they can fix you and then they so the solution is fix me and then you can have those problems don't exist so yeah that was like the cancer journey and then luckily six months it was done and it's 2010 2020 um It'll be like 16, 15. I think 15 years of remission this year or 16. My math's wow. correct or wrong. So Congratulations, never had to go back. Man. Yeah, thank was you. That th- was there ever a time during that, I guess the six months or even with that, like you were like, I remember at first you said, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Right? And you wanted to make sure, but like I want, you were sitting there like, I'm not going to get through this. Or was it the whole time you were like, because you go through emotions and sometimes with certain events, it's like, okay, some people can be strong all the time. It's like sometimes like at any point you're like sitting there like, fuck, I'm not going to make it through. No. No. Good. See, and and I, and I, feel like that is such a major part because it's the mindset, right? Too, and you gotta you gotta believe that you're going to make it through. And yeah. I find it, that obviously with some of the cancer is so hard. Is my grandma had cancer as well, and she said the same thing. Like, because it's like so because everybody else is so upset, so it makes you feel a bit worse. And it's like I'm gonna be okay, but you, but you also you need everybody else to believe in it too because it's yeah. so, so much harder. because it's, it's like. If they're like giving you all the medicine and you're doing all this stuff, but you feel you don't feel good and mm. you get, they can sh- you show it, they're like it's not working. Yeah, and you figure something else out, right? So yeah. So you finish your your round of chemotherapy, you you beat it. Yeah. Fifteen years coming up soon, huge, huge accomplishment, huge milestone. Um, where did the cooking come in? Where did the the love for food come in? Day one, like going back who am i in food and that has to do with my family okay so family um food is actually the glue to my family if i think about every single happiest memory i've ever had had to do with food and had mm-hmm. to do with family or people around me so i grew up with all my aunts and my uncles and everybody in my family cooked so there was a rule lunch dinner everybody knows you have to be home so we always ate together growing up doesn't matter what you're doing you know lunch is there and, and we all help so i grew up having this very very amazing food culture of because we also had so many people it's never one dish mm-hmm. right so there's always a couple dishes and stuff and doesn't mean that it's expensive and elaborate but you know it might be just a, a plate of, of stir-fried gailan there might be a steamed fish there might be like you know two chicken thighs that are cut up into pieces so everybody can share but i grew up with that sort of environment and everybody cooked too and uh, i really got into cooking um, I think because my dad, he was in, so my parents came over because of a restaurant sponsored them. So that's how they immigrated over. Um, and then my dad, when he was growing up, he um, he decided to open up a Chinese restaurant, like a like a takeout spot. So I grew up around like sa- sweet and sour chicken, yep. you know, egg rolls, the spring good rolls. Stuff. I, the good stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Was that, was that place in Mississauga? It was in Mississauga. Yeah, Mississauga. yeah. I'm from Mississauga. I was like, where? Oh, Mississauga? it was near, uh, shoot. What um, Aaron Arendelle Park. Okay, that area. Okay, yeah. In that area. There's like a little plaza where there's I don't I haven't been there in so long. Yeah. But there's like a rose bakery or something. I I can't remember what the Applewood Applewood. Apple, is. Okay, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The plaza right there. Okay, nice, nice, yeah. Yeah. So I spent a lot of my weekends there. But anyways, at that time, my family loved watching cooking shows. My my dad would watch Food Network. My grandfather would. And my aunt would watch like the Asian cooking channels. And I remember my dad really loved Iron Chef. And we're talking about like the old school. The old school, the yeah. The old yeah. school, you know, the Ken Kenichis. <laughs> and he's like, I like cuisine. And he eats the onion. And those were the, that's the jam, right? But 
he wanted to watch it, but he couldn't because he worked at the spot mm-hmm. uh, at the restaurant. So it came out on Fridays. Friday nights is when it came out. It came out two chan- like two episodes. It was like nine to ten and ten to eleven. So my dad was like, "Can you record it for me?" And then I'll come home and I'll watch it. The thing is, at that time it was VHS. So yeah. when you record things, there's nothing you can't watch anything else. Yeah, you have to watch. So it. I spent a lot of my Friday nights watching Iron Chef, mm. and then I would rewatch it with my dad. Um, so that was a big part of cooking, um, and eventually just cooked because I had needed help family, right? Whether it was like my grandmother helping her cut ginger to make lunch, taking her out for grocery shopping, learned a lot about grocery shopping from my grandparents, um, making dumplings together, hot pot barbecues, get together. So we have such a big, we have a big family, right? So going out to a restaurant was out of the question. Like yeah. that doesn't. That's just too expensive. It's too for expensive. That many people, yeah. So it's like we always go buy things and we'll come home and we'll cook instead. Um, so that's sort of where the food came. And then in high school, I took a home ec class. And then um, the sh- uh, teacher at the time and uh, Chef Nixon, Pat Nixon, um, still friends. We still chat now and then. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah, we still chat. It was amazing. We had this uh, co- cooking competition. And then he gave me the chance to compete in it. And then so I did. And I won regionals and then provincials. And then I got, cool. I got to compete. For uh, for a chance to compete for Canada, and I like placed like third or something like that. I, I was bummed because I was competitive, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Super competitive. I'm like the hell is happening? How dare I lose? Um, so I remember it. And then when I graduated, like I said, I didn't go. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. Um, so I decided to do business. I did business because like I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to go to university. I also know that I. Someday I want to own my own something. I don't know what it is. I didn't know anything of what I wanted to do. But I was like, if I get a business degree, I set myself for at least anything has to do with business. Yeah. So I can move it that way. So I took business. But like I went to did culinary school Af- uh, after my second my, on my second year, I missed cooking a lot because in high school I cooked for competitions. Like yeah. after school program, after school I would be practicing in the kitchen and, you know, uh, all these things. So then... Um, because I lost, I remember that they had a post-secondary one. So they had a college one. So when I, the first day of culinary school, I went in. I found I went to go find the guy, who, the, the, the chef who takes care of everything. His name is Chef Philippe. Still chat with him as well. Um, and I, I go to him, and he's like this French chef. He's like this super French chef. And I'm like, hey, chef, my name's Wallace. I'm this like, young buck. And I'm like, I know there's like <laughs> skills, skills uh, Ontario for college. I want to do it. And then he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who are you? <laughs> what? And then I'm like, I, w- I did it in high school. I I've lo- I lost in the finals. I sh- I wanted to I want to do it again. I know I can do it. He's like, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And then because he didn't know anything, we got a nice nice relationship um, over the years of school. Ended up doing it. Won won regionals, won provincials, went straight back to Canadians. Um, and I lost by point five a point. Mm. Oh. And the reason why I lost, and it's funny because now I'm on the judging panel for that committee so now okay. i judge these competitions Comes full circle a full mm. circle the guys would the, the chefs would be like you lost because you were so clean that there was a part when there was a little piece of meat on your apron and because you're so clean imagine like a whole pure white wall or like a fresh mm. pair of kicks and there's like a little skid mark yeah. mm. you'll it's emphasized and then they that that was the dock marker that was and wow so <laughs> that's sort of the f- the the f- that's how I got into At food. least you know it had nothing to do with yeah. your cooking. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and then when I finished school, during uh, sorry, during my last year of university and college, I really wanted to get into cooking because of obviously competition and all that kind of thing. So I started looking at like places that really inspired me, um, and I looked at like the top restaurants in the world. 
and I found two that I really loved, which was Noma at the time. They were the best restaurant in the world. And then Alinea, which was number seven in the world. But they were one of the top leading ones in like things like molecular gastronomy and like, you know, making edible balloons and and all these different kind of cool things. Right. I ended up applying for both of them for a stage. So a stage in the culinary world is an unpaid internship. Like I said, only the culinary world has yeah. unpaid uh, internship <laughs> where you work 18, 16 hours a day, you pay for everything yourself, and then... And they and give it a different title. And <laughs> then you get to come here, and then you just get to come back and say, I worked at this place, Yeah. right? I mean, a lot of chefs still do it, and a lot we all still do it too, um, but I did these stages, and I and I was I loved it, right? But I did those during my reading weeks and my summer breaks for university and college, so I really didn't have it. Going back to, I take a lot of things on, and like yeah. if there's an opportunity, I'll go. So when I graduated... I got the opportunity to open up Momofuku, as I mentioned, and all my other chef friends, I mean, all my other friends went to go do culinary stuff. And then I ended up just cooking. I ended up cooking, cooking. And at that time, we were technically at the peak or at the top of my culinary career. What I mean by that is I've worked at some of the best restaurants in the world. I'm the young buck. I'm working at this new restaurant that opened up by this famous chef. We're number one in Toronto. We're number two in Canada. I'm working with Michelin star chefs. You know, I'm I'm there. Like, there's nothing else. And I realized that, damn, there's a lot of stuff that I have to keep on working, like the usual, like the hierarchies and things. I've seen the best of the best in the world. And we still joke about the same kind of things in our days, such as, We'll laugh at like, oh, look at like, look at like the two gentlemen at the bar right now, um, having a nice sandwich, a glass of wine or two, um, and it's a Thursday afternoon at three p.m. What is that like? Like, what is that life yeah. like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people be like, oh, it must be nice, or like, you know, when we're talking about going on vacations, and then people are like, where are you going? Um, and like, or like Thanksgiving, where are you going? And they're like, oh, are you gonna go see family? No, I haven't seen them in years. Like, we just don't talk, you know. Or like, I'm just gonna go on a on a weekend cottage by myself and just get away and don't think of anything and like for me that was like that's not healthy no that's not healthy and that's when i decided to leave i decided to leave and i want uh, like how hard was that decision like you're, like everything in your life mm. up to that point you reach the pinnacle as you said and then you walk away from it it was not hard when you start counting down the days of your next day off mm-hmm. fair okay what i so like I was cook. We were cooking the best that we can ever cook. The thing that I also thought was that everybody around me was is just as hungry. Or that's the difference between I guess being um, great and being the best. So when I was in Noma, Renee told me this story where he was like he told everybody and he goes, "Chefs, if there's a study that said if an of a monkey or a chimpanzee was two percent smarter in IQ, they'd be replacing your job." Mm-hmm. So he's like, the difference between being good and great is literally that. That two percent. So that's why it's the difference between being the best in the world to being the hundredth best. It's literally that much. Go back to sort of my culinary uh, competition. I lost by point five. Like mm, so, just a little bit. Everything so is a game ev- of interest. Yeah, yeah. everybody's so invested doing the best, and I was like, everybody's there a hundred percent physically. Everybody's there a hundred percent mentally. I wasn't there mentally, right? I still did my job without a doubt, but it takes a toll, yeah. and it went me ba- went back to I'm like, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I was like, I, I don't think so because there's so much more I want to do. So it was really easy to, to sort of leave. And it was nice because, like, I didn't leave. Our team was so small. So I didn't leave and be like, here's two weeks, peace. Like, catch you later. I was like, hey, I'll leave whenever we train the next guy. Yeah. We're all good. I ended up staying for, like, a couple like a couple more months. And then, then we're gone. But since then, I've used, I've learned over the last couple, 10 years or so, 
is to figure out what I want to do. What I want to do. I, I say I kind of tasted a lot over the years. Um, I still want to do something with food. I didn't know what I wanted to do about it, but so I tried. So I did private catering. I have did uh, cooking classes. I've done consulting. I've done a little bit of product development. Um, I've helped open a golf club, you know. I've tried meal prepping for the fitness industry, all these things. And eventually I've taken a lot of things that I loved about each thing and sort of put them together and sort of now brought into what Six Pack Chef is, which is so like tell what me people about that. Yeah, Six Pack Chef is what people see today. Um, it's actually the branded version of me. Okay. Um, so going back to where Six Pack Chef came from um, is that when I was cooking and when I was competing in bodybuilding, so the whole Six Pack part of it is I actually compete for Canada as a national level bodybuilder. Um, oh, I haven't really? competed in a little bit in a couple Very years, nice. but I, 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 c- I competed for Canada. So during yep. that time when I was competing and cooking at, at Momofuku, I had fitness friends that'd be like, hey, it's the flexing chef, right? Or it's the muscle <laughs> chef. <laughs> and then I had the chef guys would be like, oh, it's the it's the fit chef. It's the, you know, it's the exercise chef. I'm a business and marketing major and branding major. I That's not going to fly, no. right? I'm doesn't, like, it just doesn't ring it, well. No. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, what's something that people will understand that's like, it has to do with food, it has to do with fitness. And then it sort of tells about me. Six pack. Six pack, you understand that it could be about your six pack of your abs, right? Or it could be a six pack of beer, six mm-hmm. pack of donuts, six pack mm-hmm. of cookies. And I was like, okay, that's so that's how it came came to be. And when I said when I say it's the branded version of me, mm-hmm. it's going back to I don't want to separate my business with my life. I think a big part of why I'm able to do the things that I do currently is because everything's tied to what I would do in my life. Um, so going back to it, six pack chef. There's three things, three pillars: eat good, look good, live great. Eat good is all things food and drink and beverage and hospitality. Look good is all things health and fitness, and then uh, live great is all things lifestyle, motivation, entrepreneurship, and the the ba- balance of all three. And these pillars are what make up me. And then six pack chef is just the branded version of that. So that's why I can do a podcast like this because mm-hmm. this can talk about. We can talk about our fitness side of it if we wanted to, right? We can also talk about food if we wanted to, but we can also talk about the whole sort of lifestyle part of it. But each of those things are still me. And I think it makes it easier to just wake up and want to do something. You know, when you wake up and you're just going to kind of a job and it's not what you love or it has nothing to do with you, but it pays the bills, you're like, uh, right? Yeah. But if you wake up and you're like, I'm just doing life. I'm just I'm just doing life. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That that's <laughs> you could see, you could see the light bulb as yeah. he was telling through the story of how you got to the the brand. That's awesome. It's it's interesting because it's not something that came just yesterday. Yeah. Unfortunately, and that's sorry not to cut you off. That's yeah. that's the thing that a lot of people don't get is that th- you know they'll see the they'll see the numbers, they'll see the following, they'll see the engagement, they'll yep. see all that and go wow, you know, it's as if but the amount of time effort the hustle the days where you didn't feel like creating the days where you just had a mental block the days where you created content and it flops the next day all of that exists yes. and it's been existing for some time before you got to where you are well it's the funny thing if we get into now we'll get into a little content creation stuff is i was never good on i was never good on socials mm-hmm. because i was not i wasn't allowed to go play video games i never had a console in my life like I never had a console. Like I didn't play video games um, because I came from. I call it the machine. I was supposed to be a doctor, lawyer. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. supposed to be that guy. Yeah. Um, 
so I never did any of those things. And then when Instagram came on, when YouTube and all those things, I wasn't part of it, right? Yeah. I kind of missed it. I didn't have my first phone until like, I can't remember like university or end of high school. And like I didn't, I remember I had like 500 megabytes and shit yeah. like that. Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, back back nothing. when that was the deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I didn't even have anything to go on socials yeah. because I didn't have the data to. Or and, and text like messages were like, you only get 25 yeah. a month. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Call me after six. Yeah. For sure. You know? Like weekends, call me all you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Evenings, <laughs> weekends free, yeah. <laughs> so um, I never got on those trains. And then when I eventually got onto, you, uh, got onto Instagram, I didn't know about anything about what, I just like, oh, okay. My friend, uh, uh, one of my best friends is like, hey, I, like I'm on this thing called Instagram. And I was like, oh, what is it? It's like, you just you know, follow some pages that you like and then you can post things. I had no clue what I was doing there. So I was just playing around. And obviously with like platforms, uh, algorithms, you you mess up the first, you, they figure out what you want to do in the first like couple of weeks and then your your account is in that category. Yeah. So obviously as it grew, I've, I haven't grown in a while. So like in 20, 2017 or something like that, my my gram was like maybe for like five thousand something like that, and I was trying to grow stuff because I was like trying to do business and like starting to post yeah. things and like into fitness and all that. Um, but I kept on going. I kept on going and 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 um, kind of growing it, and it didn't really grow much. And then TikTok came around, and TikTok came around. And I was a very and um, I followed Gary V. Follow Gary V. Um, he was one of the first guys that I was kind of listened to one of his videos that caught me, that caught my attention, because he said something that I usually say to myself or I say to other people. I'm like, oh, this guy's saying what I'm saying, and then, but anyways, um, I heard him talk about TikTok, and he's like, it's this, it's this thing. If you guys, you know, if you've missed on Instagram, if you missed on YouTube, this is your next Facebook, chance. This is your chance. Give it or take it, right? Yeah. Going back to the YOLO, I'll there, might as well. What do I lose? So I'm like, I missed Instagram, I missed YouTube, I'm not going to miss this one. If it fails, at least I don't regret. That's a hard word. Right? Regret is like a super powerful word. Um, so then I remember I, I start, I was like, okay, I'll download TikTok, I'll do my first thing. I, my video, I believe, was like October 28th. October 28th, 2019 was when I posted it. Um, I got on TikTok, I was like, okay, what the hell do I do? Right at that time, I was I knew that I just, I, w I already did Fridge Wars. I mean, no, not Fridge Wars, I already did Chopped. I was on TV. I knew I already filmed Top Chef. Um, so I was like, okay, in this platform, it's new. Nobody knows me. I can s how blank can slate. I, I mm. blank slate. Let's figure this out. All right. The handle, it's the same thing as my Instagram. So W26BackChef. How do I tell people that I cook, that I'm into fitness, and like I'm like, you know, the sort of lifestyle, it's like fun, entrepreneurship, blah, blah, blah. So I searched up like cooking videos and, and knife skills and all this. And I saw this one dude. He's not a professional chef or anything. So he's just cutting a cucumber to a beet. Now he's cutting it to the beat and it's like, cool. I'm like, I can do that better. I was like, cool, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do the same thing because like obviously I was learning the app and the app's like you take a song that someone does and you just do something the same thing or yeah. or try to copy it or duet it or whatever. So I go onto TikTok and I'm there and I see this guy. I'm like, okay, this shows that I can cut. How do they know that I'm, I'm, I can, I'm fit, like I'm into fitness? Um, like Bob, I just, I'll take off my shirt. My name says Six Pack Chef. Let, uh, let's People just got to see the six pack. Let's just that's, all, that's all I'm thinking yeah. the whole time, anyways. I'm like, when are you taking your shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, let's just do this. So, I, so that's the second thing. And the third thing was like, how do I show that, you know, I'm not like a super serious chef or anything like that? And I, you know, I want this to be like a fun platform. Yeah. And like, even just more of myself, of who I am as a person. So then I kind of just gave him the flair of things of like not looking at it while I'm cutting, mm -hmm. while cutting it to the beat, you know, kind of sticking my tongue out, kind of like MJ kind of. I, I realized I did this. 
I didn't knew I didn't know I did this until I started doing a lot of these videos and I watched it myself. When it gets to like things that are kind of like at the moment kind of pressure things, I end up like sticking my tongue out. <laughs> but I'm a big basketball fan too, so yeah. like, I I, I mean, just you saw it, so like, like, oh, just picked yeah. it up, just picked. Yeah, I things. guess, uh, but it was just thing. So like. I posted that video at nighttime. I remember I told my brother, I posted it at about like eight o'clock. I remember I told my brother, hey, I just, I'm gonna do this thing called TikTok. And then he's younger than me. He's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, are you like, are you 12? Like, <laughs> are you gonna dance and everything? I'm like, hey, hey, I'm just gonna post it and whatever, right? I remember I posted at eight, it's like 500 likes or something in like the first hour. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> this is killer. Very first video. Yeah, well, yeah, cause like nice. on Instagram, I would get like 50 likes. 35 yeah. so I was it's like, a struggle it out was, there I was on like, ig I was, like, I was like loving it <laughs> i wake up to like 1.2 like a, a million views on that thing wow and then it kept going that day so like that video ended up going to like 11.2 mil or, t- or 12 mil mm-hmm. and then i was like what the hell i was like wow this this <laughs> became a thing and then obviously uh, it's funny I, I had to talk with someone about this earlier where it was like that first video that you do if it pops or any video that pops or any piece of content or a podcast that pops you're like i need to replicate this keep doing it yep so i was like oh, okay fine i'll cut with my shirt off again <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then i'll cut with my shirt and i have to do some sort of trick thing again so i i did a bunch of those kind of videos and they all started popping they all started popping it was cool because i just kept on going with it and um i got i got to like about like 600k in followers and then it was like amazing right i was like amazing but it got to a point where this was during 2020, so beginning of COVID. Um, I also had a three-year plan when I was tw- in 2017 to to turn Six Flags Chef into a thing. So like 2020 was that year, was the th- year three of my three-year plan of being self-employed by myself. Mm-hmm. Like it was no no matter what was going to happen, whether I had an income or not, I was going to work for myself and be self-employed. So COVID helped make that happen. And so I, I kind of, I was there, but no brands wanted to be on TikTok at that time. No. People yeah. they were like, what the hell is TikTok? What are you doing? Mm. And also they didn't know how to incorporate into me, into my brand as a guy who's like cutting kind of shirtless or like cutting things. Like, what are you going to do? Cut this cup? Like, <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, yeah. like, they, didn't see, like, they didn't see the vision. No, right? So it was hard and I get it. So then I'm like, I'm a chef at the end of the day. I do love, because like people would be like, do you cook? Do you cook? Are you even a chef? Like, because obviously nobody knows me there. Yeah. So I'd have Plus to people like, are just mean on TikTok. <laughs> we'll get, get it back to sort of like that mental health thing later. But it's like, so like I had to teach people who I am. Yeah. Like I had to show people, hey, I was on Top, I was on top Chef. I was on these shows. And eventually people are like, hey, can you cook something? Like, do you do cook? So then I ended up starting doing recipes. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing recipes because A, I need I need to make money, um, you know. Need to make money. B, it's better for a branding, so that brands can can figure out how to work with me. Yep. And I did that, and unfortunately, uh, what's nice about it, I mean, fortunately, was I was able to do a different niche or different things. The other side of it, though, was people weren't people that were on my page, weren't accustomed to recipes from me. They just wanted you to cut. They shit. just wanted me to cut they stuff, don't right? Care. Right, shirtless. right. Take your shirt off and cut. <laughs> nothing else yeah, you got like talk, a, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So they're like, "Why are you making recipes?" And you know, you try to please everybody. Yeah. We kind of talked about this earlier. Like you kind of try to want to please everybody, all these kind of things. Um, but going back to that before with the recipes was you mentioned about where I'm getting this whole story is about building and like people see the things coming from. So during 2020, from March to July. I had that streak where I posted 15 pieces of content a day 
by myself. 15 a One day. Five. Wow. Across TikTok. That's insane. Up. TikTok. We got to get those numbers up, buddy. We're doing like two, three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I did on, on Instagram, I would do a, every day a cooking live. Mm-hmm. Like I would just cook live and, and like record it and stuff. TikTok, I would make, vi- I would make cutting videos and then I repost this to YouTube and Facebook and then to like fa- different like um, food forums and all that kind of stuff. I got burnt out. Like oh yeah, you have to. There's no out. way you could have sustained that. It was that. so burnout, and I never had that before. I've never had creator burnout, right? But I was so addicted, and in a good way of like, I'm finally seeing progress. I'm finally seeing the like sort of the fruit of my looms coming up. Like I th- all the seeds that I've been planting, all is working. Um, but after the recipes, I didn't grow anymore. I didn't grow anymore, um, which kind of sucked because obviously changed. So I had to change things around and kind of play around with things. Um, and then I I was like. I wanted to show. I wanted to teach people still more, more things, um, and always I use food to communicate with people. That's what I sort of use with food, um, and I ended up starting cutting stuff again. But th- no, no shirtless off. I <laughs> no, no. I kept my shirt on. I, I transitioned <laughs> my content from it started like shirtless to putting just an apron on, and then slowly <laughs> I put a shirt on, and then now I only put on shirt on. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I ended up starting cutting again, mm-hmm. uh, cutting different things, but different. The more style that people see me now, and the and I use that to educate people. And sometimes the comments or things about how, what is this ingredient I'm cutting or, um, you know, some fun facts about the stuff. But I still, I posted this one video. It's a cucumber video. It's the it's the most viewed video on my page. Um, and it's kind of crazy. But it's like, I cut a cucumber. That cucumber video currently on TikTok has 142 million views. Jesus. I can't even process that number. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane, right? But people see that. In order for me to get that cucumber video, though, I had to cut 14 cutting videos first. Yeah. But And before those 14 cutting videos, I had to make those 50, 60 recipe videos. And before that, I had to make all these other things. So going to what you asked about, like, people see what you see now. They didn't, they don't, s- a lot of people don't see the amount of work that you needed to put in. Yeah, to get to that one video. How many cucumbers you have to waste. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know how much salads I've been eating? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so that's like, awesome. That's dude. it. Yeah. So, okay. So, you, you're you on TikTok. You're seeing the the results. You're seeing people resonate with you. We talked about how people are pretty freaking mean. Yes. For sure. As a creator who has a big enough audience, yeah. how are you dealing with the negativity? Because no matter how good your content is, no matter how wholesome your content may be, Thank you. people are still negative. Try to do that with your shirt off. <laughs> and there people don't think you cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like how do you how do you how are you specifically responding to these things? I think internally because you yeah. don't have to always respond to them in the comments. I think well, that's the funny thing. I actually respond to all my comments, even now, okay. even now. Negative to ones too. All of them. Interesting. All of them. I I spend at least a good three to four hours a day just responding to comments and DMs like that. I do it because a I know how it feels like to ret- message somebody that maybe you want to chat or get to know or learn something or ask a question, and, they and don't just get, get left on red. Yeah. You know what I mean, I've been on that side. I hate it. So for me, I it's something that sometimes other creators they're like that's such a waste of time or, or it's not scalable. But I try to do the best that I can to reply to somebody, and even it's the most smallest things. Like so I'll, I have no problem when someone be like, "Hey, what knife do you use?" Or like I have other friends or people that would be like, I, "I'm at the grocery store. 
do you know how to cook this? Like, if I have the time and I can do it, I, I definitely will. Um, but replying to the comments and stuff, if I think if it wasn't for cancer, I would probably treat a lot of these things differently. But because of my viewpoint on cancer, I've learned that life is too short to worry about the things. It's easier said than done. Yes. It's obviously easier said than done. Um, but for me to deal with it, it's very simple. We're like, I'll see it. And I'm like, oh, man, really? And then I use it as an opportunity to kind of chat with the person. What I mean by this is I kind of, I won't say like I'll troll them back or anything like that, right? Or someone would be like, uh, what's a good example? Um, oh, here's a great example. On Top Chef, when they put my intro video out of who I am in introduction, it's the videos like, hey, I'm Wallace, I'm the six-pack chef, and like there's like photos of me and videos of me like working out in the gym and my competition photos. I remember somebody in the comments of the Facebook thing was like, what's this guy going to do? Cook chicken breast and broccoli? Like he's gone in episode <laughs> two. That's <laughs> so I remember I screenshot it. Yeah. I screenshot it. I didn't reply anything. And then I knew I already passed episode two because I knew I went, I went to the finals. So then I waited for episode two. I came back and I replied to him like, Hey, I guess I'm, I guess it's better than chicken and broccoli. Right. <laughs> and then he's like, Hey man, I'm so sorry. Da 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 da. And he's like, I, you're, I'm a big fan now. Like, wow, you like blew me with like, um, you blew me away with the kanji thing. It's like, good luck. And so that's like for me, I find it as an opportunity to instead educate of almost educate and instead term. of trying to make an enemy, make a friend. A hundred percent. Like people will, will go and ask me, uh, they'll say like, I'll, I'll always try to find some way to maybe spin a negative comment into a positive one. Right. And that way that, because I also don't like, I, as social media and content creation is my job. Imagine going to your job every day and seeing negative comments. So I it's hard. It's hard. And I that's mean, the, not to cut you off. Yeah. That's the one thing that I think people misunderstand about athletes that I was talking about when we interviewed Jonathan Osorio. He talked about how no matter what he did, no matter how well he performed, no matter how many goals he scored, there were always negative comments, and that's all he saw. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Well, it's like uh. Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Yep. He canceled his social media. He's like, doesn't matter. Like, even he has like, you know, whatever millions of followers. If there's like 75K people on a regular basis across places telling you you suck, that will get to you no yeah. matter what, right? Because yeah. it's, it's you, you hold on to the negative. It's just yeah. like in restaurants. It's like, you have a good time, you might tell three people. You have a bad time, you're going to tell 10 people, right? Yeah. And it's because people like to live off. Live, uh, I'm just surprised. They feed that off of it. Talk to a few people. A lot of people, you know, we talked like Nima and a lot of people, they just ignore the negativity mm. like you and i like the spin you have is like you take it and it's you try to spin it to get them to not hate as much right which i like that yeah i think it's i always look at it it's like but what, what if it's like something just just as blatant you can tell this person just wants to get a rise out of you yeah i have no problem i'd be like hey you okay yeah like it's like oh like you know it's like hey so like, simple but effective or yeah. I, I use i'll use like food stuff i'll be like hey you must be hangry. Have a Snickers. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, like, if they reply back, I I mean, I get slack. I get flack from, like, friends and family. I'm like, yo, let them be. Like, don't, yeah, don't waste me, your yeah. time. But I would be like, this is a great opportunity to educate somebody on something mm -hmm. or, like, to change their time. I go back to the whole cancer thing. Something that I, I told myself was that I think as human beings, we have the responsibility if we're alive that every day 
you should positively impact somebody. It doesn't have to be massively big. It can be a simple thing of, oh, your shirt looks great today, or your hair is incredible today, or opening a door, right? The day that you don't positively influence someone in any way, that's the day that you technically, it's like your time's up, right? You waste it. Like, that's, that's, that's it. So for me, sometimes people who reply to these things, they also don't expect you to reply back. Most that's why they don't. can. That's Most of them don't. Well, I get that's why when I reply to comments, I'll get both sides. I'll get the sides of like, oh my God, you replied. Hi, you're amazing. I love your stuff. Mm. And I'll get the only comments like, oh my God, you replied. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to write this. (laughs) I'm like, but you know, because it's on social media, everybody has uh, an invisible guard. Yeah, you're you're brave because you're keyboard warriors. You don't, person doesn't exist in real life to you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I can say whatever I want. Like, I'll, I'll I'll tell Mike Tyson, I'll beat him up. (laughs) <laughs> like you know, like people, people, so like people, like, oh, that's not a strong punch. But like in person, you're not yeah, actually yeah. gonna say that. You're not saying that to Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I take it. I, I, I respond to them. I obviously sometimes they're not always the best. Meaning, yeah. like sometimes some people don't care. I'm just like, hey, I hope you have a great day, dude. And yeah. like that's it. Like, if you say something, you're like, hope you have a great day. What are they gonna say back? What could they possibly yeah. say back? So I treat it that way, and it's it's really nice because I, like I think. I get comments sometimes on my socials that it keeps me motivated to keep going and go through is like sometimes people won't even, it, might, it not has a, doesn't even have to do a comment about the content I put out, but someone would be like, I love that you still reply to every single person here or like mm. they notice it. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, thanks for noticing. Yeah. Right. I don't expect you to notice. I'm not doing it for you to notice. Mm-hmm. I just do it. Cause I go back to, I go back to feeling behind or anything like that. I don't feel that I am anyone special. Mm-hmm. So I feel very blessed that I have someone taking their time to watch my stuff, to send a reply, to say, hey, your stuff is great or anything like that. And I think for me, it's like, it's just who I am as a person. Whereas like, I, if you gave me the time of day and you gave me respectfully and it was amazing, I want to do the same thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. So what are you up to these days? Oh man! You were telling me about some companies, yeah. some babies. <laughs> yeah, 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 I have. <laughs> to be clear, we're talking about projects here, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going to like the point of my career, um, I'm very blessed to be able to start having a lot of really cool opportunities. Um, and two babies that I'm currently having is two new projects that just kind of started this year, and they just parallel so coincidentally happened to start at around the same time. Blessing and not a blessing. <laughs> they're both full-time things as a founder and partner that require your full-time attention attention yeah on top of being a full-time content creator yep um so i essentially have three full-time jobs as the main person like one of the main person mm-hmm. so and a full-time eight-hour gig is a full-time for a regular person but a full-time for uh, a partner an invest a ceo um, and that, that's a 24-7. CEO is chief everything officer, Yep. right? And so I have these two projects going on. So the first one is I launched a, a frozen food company called Spatula Foods. Um, that launched in March. And we are, um, you know, we are province-wide. We're province-wide and we're, food, we're frozen food, gourmet meals, ready in under 10 minutes. That's our promise. Like from frozen to your plate in 10 minutes, you don't need another cutting board. You don't need any ingredients. We set it all for you. Mm-hmm. And you just have it in your freezer. It's whenever you're convenient, you want to make a meal, you're, you're set to go. So we got spatula. 
that was something that came from started over COVID with my partners Ian and Sheila. They were overseas. I was here. We decided to create this this company, start it, um, and we and our company now is I, I believe 15, 15 people. We wow. just moved into our new location two days ago. Very cool. um, congratulations! Yeah, like on that. eight thousand square feet. That's huge. It's yeah, it's insane to like to grow that right. Yeah, that's one project. In parallel, I I have the blessing to be able to. Um, going back to that, remember I said I had that three-year goal of mm-hmm. Six Pack Chef? I also had a three- to five-year goal, which was to keep growing the brand and then hopefully in five years become go international. Mm-hmm. Now, this project that I have here has nothing to do with spatula, but it's a Six Pack Chef project. Um, I'm opening up a food spot in New York City. Nice. So Very cool. I always say this thing of, and like I'm opening this spot and I'm not in New York City. So a lot of these meetings have to be taken here, but I've got a company that's full-time and then I still got social media to take care of full-time. So I have to find these slots and it's like a big, very juggle and balance of trying to move things around. Cause as well, especially if I need to move one thing, the implications change for everybody else and I got to yep. change everything else. Um, so I'm growing that and like I'm going to New York every month to be able to go with the construction, see suppliers, hiring, all these things. And so I'm building two companies at the same time. It's extremely amazing, but it's also extremely stressful. Like we see the great, but we never talk about the bad. Like especially what is on the, social. What is the bad here? What I mean by on the bad is, a mental health is is a big one. It's it's not easy to do it. It it looks all glam and it's all fun and it's like all everybody thinks I'm grabbing a bag and you know life is great flying to New York or like you oh, you've just got this new place that you're having you're all these in grocery stores and stuff but the amount of meetings to, to like figure out this is blue better than this green is is 12 font better or 8 font um, what happens if we don't sell this much this month um, what happens if we ch- if the contractor changes plans what's the implications of that and I think more and more I think for me as a content creator I was great like s- COVID Six pack chef, just making content full time. Life was groovy. It was amazing. I can't say no to opportunities that I think I can handle, or that I'm like I don't want to miss this opportunity. Spatula came up, grabbed it. Um, this new food food project I'm on, I grabbed it. I now have to find it in my day. There's only twenty four hours in yeah. the day, yeah. right? And so if eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. Let's just use that as an example. I don't have time for family, friends, significant other, myself. Uh, like finding time to go to the gym is hard, right? So now I've got to be smarter in my my diet. I got to be smarter in my workouts. I can't la di da. I can't in- sometimes enjoy it. Like the gym is my release time, right? Family. It's very hard to be able to spend time with family. Not significant lunch anymore, eh? right? Pardon? Not making lunch anymore. Eh? No, <laughs> no. It's it sucks, right? Um, and so how are you balancing all of this? I go as the flow. Okay. I'm. I don't have the answer. You're for Kind of learning. I right don't have the answer, yeah. and I think it's just like with relationships, communication. Mm. A big. I talked to some content creators who are like, you know, I'm trying to cook. I'm. I'm doing a cookbook. I'm opening up my studio. This brand needs me for this, and this thing needs me for that. I need to try to do all these things, and I'm not. I mean, I can't. You know, can't do it because this waits for this, and this has to do that. And I. T- I tell them, and we talk about is it, like, we need to. I always be like, I believe in people. I believe in people as much as many people you know think like people are evil and like there's bad people in the world etc i like if you just communicate and tell them everything 
like you know like it's like hey i'm super slammed here this is the problem this is what i have this is the implications majority of the time somebody will be like oh i didn't know this was all you're doing let me see what we can do so with me and my partners and the businesses and family and stuff i just communicate i communicate and i'm like hey this is what's happening here i have this day i have this day can we make something happen here can we not and um yeah that's a big one that's the big one it's just learning to communicate that's how i'm dealing with it um and also making sure that i try to still have fun with it and luckily it's the fact that these all these things are still all about six pack of food health and fitness and lifestyle so that i still do this on a regular basis it's still my life it would have been very different if spatula was uh, a carpentry company right Something I completely would be different. To, it's completely different. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to balance that because I think that's just not not it. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at right now in my life. Um. I'm at a very very happy place and grateful of social media and content being being good. Um. Growing, getting a lot of nice opportunities and meeting amazing people. Um. Spatula being able to help other people have an income to feed their families. It's a big responsibility. That's another stress point about that. Um, but same thing on the on the side of the project in New York is being able to expand my reach. And all three things go back is I think the, the thing that I love about it is it lets me reach and communicate with people. I wouldn't be on this podcast with you guys if it wasn't for content creation and cooking and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, I wouldn't be able to chat right now, mm -hmm. right? And it's very meta where it's like it all comes back to something really small. But that's the truth and i think that's what i love about sort of where i'm at now is being able to connect with people and being able to use my life and food as the medium to be able to do it yeah. amazing i noticed you mentioned quite a few times um about your three-year plan five-year plan mm. when did you start start making plans like when did you start to say okay no i need a plan to yeah get this going? i got you um cooking and when i was cooking and i left I, I remember i said i was like i tasted i did a lot of tasting i did a lot of things didn't know what i was doing not really not making money very i needed to figure things out and i'm like okay i'm like i need to get things going because i kept on comparing myself to my friends my friends yeah. the people around so then it was 20 2017 was the first year i was like i really want to get six pack chef going i really want to get this thing i want to do my own thing i didn't know i always tell people plan for the long term not the short term. So people ask me, like, how did you do all these things? I don't even know. I really mm. didn't know how I was going to get here. All I know is that I was like, okay, if I break things down into compartments, it's easier to achieve, right? It's it's like when you go work out. If you, instead of thinking about doing 20 reps, if I tell you, hey, can you do three reps? You're like, oh, three reps easier. And then from three and you build and you build and you go, right? So I was like, okay, one to three, let's just go. I'm going to save some money start a six-pack chef, work full-time myself. And I was like, okay, three to five years, what do I want to do? I want to build the company. I want to uh, have a significant income with it. And then five to 10 years, what do I want to do? I want to be international. I want to be a brand that allows me to go around the world and travel and, and be able to chat with people. That was it. Yeah. I don't know don't what know, was in Don't know how I'm going to get there, but that's where I'm going. Well, I use this analogy. Exactly. I use yeah. this analogy as your goals should be the location in your GPS. Your life is a GPS. You put your goals as the destination and you just press start and you go. Any detour you want to take, any setback, any small thing you want to take a break or anything like that, the GPS will figure it out. As long as you know where you need to go at the end, you'll get there. 
it might okay. take you a couple more years. It might take you a couple of days. You, it might be a shortcut or a reroute. You just keep rerouting. But as long as you know where that end goal is, then that's fine. And I think that's, for me, is how I look at it. Where it's like, my end goal is what? I want to, A, like a big one is I want to take my family out on a, like a vacation, like all of them, and not have to think about money. Like, I think that's a great goal for me. Yeah. It's like, it's like I want to be able to just bring everybody together because we're such a big family, so we never get to. And if we go on vacation, I don't even worry about money. And like my family's like, oh, but I got a job. Like, don't worry. I'll pay, like, you know, take, care, take of care of it. We're all good. That's the big one. And that's the goal. And this, the other goal was just to be able to look back one day and just have an impact in life. Those are the those are my goals. I don't know how I'm going to get there. But sort of what I do now helps me go. And as, I was, as long as I'm continuing going closer or feel like I'm going closer towards that goal, then that's it. And I'll take any opportunities that as long as they relate to food, health and fitness and, and life and stuff, and I'll take it. Amazing. Man. Well, listen, Wallace, I know it flies by, but it's been a slice, man. It's been, appreciate yeah, it. dude, this has been insightful. I appreciate what, you coming what's in what's and the sharing. Next, sorry, what's the next three to five year goal? Cause I think the last one you said was the international. So you hit that one, right? Uh, no, well, I'm just well, starting it. Yeah, That's yeah, the, okay, so like, okay. it's like, it's, the still, it's still working. Into it's it. still, I'm literally just started that year. So mm-hmm. like, this is 2003 is three, two, yeah, I'm in, you're, I'm in the end of that three to five year plan and the f- beginning of the five to ten year plan. Nice. So it's just building, building more and more um, and to get it to there. And that would be that would be amazing. So like New York's that like first step into it. And I think content creation was great because I can make content anywhere. I can. Yeah. So that's like the cool part about it. And yeah, so that's where we're at. Well, we're gonna we're definitely following along your journey, yeah. man. We're <laughs> gonna support you, you every which way we can and Appreciate rooting it. for you from the side here and stay in touch. Let us know yeah, what you're up to because yeah, I mean, you're doing some amazing stuff and I think you have such a, a unique but such a an inspiring story, man. I appreciate Thanks. you coming here and sharing that with us. Anytime. Thank you for making the Anytime time. you guys want very me to back come back. Man. I definitely <laughs> will. Oh, that's awesome. This is a blast. Thank you very much everyone for listening. Wallace Wong, the six pack chef. Uh, with a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, best of luck in New York. Thank you. Keep up the great stuff, and uh, you have a supporter here in Jen's Post. We appreciate you, man. Love it. Thank we you. Appreciate that, Poncho. Appreciate you, sir. Poncho is the VIP. Poncho is the man. Go. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>